Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. So excited you're here. This is episode number 93, Eight Ways to Combat the Post-Wedding Blues. I cannot believe we are just a few episodes shy of 100. I really did not think uh, I was going to talk this much. I didn't think this was going to last this long. We are also just a few downloads shy of 30,000, which to me is a huge number. I'm so excited about it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I was just listening to a podcast this morning and they were celebrating like 5 million downloads. Granted, they've been around way longer than I have. Um, So 30,000 doesn't sound like much compared to 5 million, but seeing as I've only had this podcast a year, I do zero marketing and promotion for it. Um, It's just me, obviously, if you can tell by the sound quality, there's no podcast manager or audio technician or anything like that. Um, I'm pretty proud of uh, 30,000 downloads and almost 100 episodes. I think that's really cool. So thank you so much. If you are here and you are listening, I really appreciate it. So on to today's episode topics. We're talking about the post-wedding blues. You may have heard of this phenomenon before. Basically, it's just that feeling that people, mostly brides, again, we've talked about this before, very heteronormative wedding industry, very much the bride's day, the bride doing all the planning. Um, so it's mostly brides who who talk about this phenomenon who, or who feel inflicted by it, but of course doesn't need to be. Anyone involved in a wedding could feel this. And it's that down feeling you get after a wedding. So you have your wedding, the big day, it's amazing, it's magical, all your friends and family eating, dancing, drinking, everyone looking gorgeous, so much love. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, huh, it's all over. And you just feel a little bit depressed, a little bit blue, a little bit sad, just really struggling with the fact that this thing that you 
you know, we're so excited about, you're so looking forward to it. You knew it was going to be this big, huge high. And then it's just that crash right after. And it kind of sucks. It's a shitty feeling, right? No one wants to be sad, especially right after their wedding day, right? That's supposed to be a really happy day. You're going into your marriage, which is really exciting. So it's sucky to have these sort of blue feelings right afterwards, but it does happen a lot so much so that it's, you know, been given its own kind of not official name, like you're not going to get diagnosed with post-wedding blues, um, but it is its own term. And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially people who are really um, involved in their wedding planning, which I assume if you're listening to a wedding planning podcast, that's you. So I think this is something to be aware of and to try to combat or to navigate and figure out how you're going to deal with it, uh, both before and after your wedding. So my very first tip here is to feel your feels. So it is completely 100% normal to feel sad when something exciting and wonderful has happened and it's, it's no longer happening. (laughs) It makes sense, right? It's like, you know, when you get to the bottom of the ice cream container or, um, I don't know, a sale comes to an end or you're watching a movie and it's over. It totally makes sense to feel a little bit sad when a good thing ends, especially when it's something that you have spent weeks, months, years planning. You know, it's taken up all of your time and energy. You've put so much money into it. You've had so many people involved in it, you know, lots of friends and family. There's a good chance for the last so many months or so many weeks or so many years, all anyone has really talked to you about has been this wedding and your wedding planning. And it's just been this huge, all-encompassing thing that has taken over your life, not to mention, you know, big weddings, (laughs) the wedding you know, industry telling you that this needs to be this big, insane, beautiful, perfect day. And there's so much pressure to make it so amazing. Of course, it totally, totally makes sense that you're going to have a really hard come down after a big high like that. So don't feel like you are alone in this. You're absolutely not most, I would say most people probably feel a little blue after their wedding. Um, You're not alone in this. And it is so, so normal that you're going to be feeling a little bit sad. So I would say, you know, if you're still pre-wedding, just anticipate that, you know, like tell yourself, Hey, it's okay. You know, I am going to feel a little bit sad when this is all over. And that just means, you know, I had a great time. I loved it so much. Um, you know, it's, it makes sense because it'd be really sad if you had like a really crappy wedding and then the next morning you're like, Oh, thank God that thing's over. (laughs) Like, woo, move on. Um, so it totally makes sense and allow yourself to feel that way. Right. So take it easy, do whatever, you like to do to feel good when you're feeling sad. So, you know, sit on the couch with some ice cream, make yourself a tea, take it easy, go into work a little late if you're, you know, able to, if that's an option for you. Um, Play your favorite songs, listen to the new Adele soundtrack and ball your eyes out, whatever it is that sort of makes you feel as good or as cozy and loved as possible when you're feeling sad, do those things and anticipate that you're going to need to do those things right after your wedding. The second way to combat those post-wedding blues is to reach out to your partner and your support system. So first of all, I think it's a really good idea just to check in with your partner and see how they're feeling because, you know, maybe they are also dealing with some post-wedding blues and that can be something that the two of you uh, support each other in or feel your feels together. You can get the bigger tub of ice cream and share it while you sit on the couch and (laughs) get all cozy and and feel sad. Um, Or maybe they're feeling totally different. Maybe they're kind of relieved to be done with wedding planning or they're you know, excited about something else. And maybe hearing that perspective will be really helpful for you. But definitely reach out to your partner, you know, check in with them, how are they feeling, and then let them know how you're feeling. And again, um, you know, telling them like, hey, this is a normal thing. What I actually did is I told my partner before our wedding, I said, hey, there's a really good chance that I'm going to be, you know, sad 
after the wedding. I know myself, I feel, I feel my feels very big. <laughs> um, so I said, there's, you know, there's a really good chance I'm going to be sad after this is all over, you know, with all the time and the effort we've put into it, I'm really going to need something. And this will, uh, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but tip number four, um, have something else to look forward to. I told my partner, I'm going to need something else. I'm going to need another project. I'm going to need something just so he would know ahead of time, like, Hey, here's how I'm probably going to feel. And here's how you can support me. Like, let's find that other project or whatever it is. So asking your partner for that support, telling them what you need, or, you know, even if it's just your company, like, Hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of blue. Can we just cuddle on the couch or, you know, whatever it is. You can also, of course, reach out to any friends or family, especially if you have um, friends and family who are close to you during the wedding planning process. Like, you know, maybe your parents were really involved in the wedding. Um, maybe people in your wedding party, you know, they really understand they went through it all with you. Or maybe someone in your life has recently gotten married and they can totally uh, relate to what you're feeling. Of course, if everything is feeling, you know, too big, if this is the type of sadness that is sticking around a little bit longer, maybe it's, um, you know, indicative of something bigger going on in your life. Maybe it's not just about the wedding. Maybe it is. If it's just feeling a little bit too big and too much for you to take on by yourself and maybe even too much for your immediate support system, obviously, not obviously, totally reach out to a professional. Maybe it is obvious, um, but absolutely reach out to a professional to get some more help if you need it. Um, it's just, it's so nice to have someone to talk to. Um, even if, even if you think it's kind of silly, like what I'm going to counseling or I'm going to therapy to talk about my wedding and how sad I am that it's over. That's ridiculous. Like who cares? Like it's so nice to have someone to talk to. I started therapy a number of years ago and then had to stop it just with a change in benefits. And I started it up again earlier this year. And honestly, I didn't have any like big, huge thing. You know, there wasn't like a death in the family or anything like that. I just wanted someone to talk to, to sort of talk through some of my feelings. And yeah, the wedding came up. We talked about the wedding, um, you know, before and after and, and things like that. So it's totally, it's totally cool. I think there's been a big change in um, like societal approval almost of like mental health, um, just mental health in general, really in counseling and therapy and stuff like that. So absolutely uh, get into that if that is something that you are able to do, if you have the um, access and the finances to talk to a professional counselor, therapist, psychologist, whoever it is, I think that's a really great way to help work through some post-wedding blues. Tip number three is to stay busy. It is easier to combat those post-wedding blues if you have a lot going on in your life. This is not to say, you know, ignore your feelings, push everything down, just go, go, go. Um, because as I said in tip number one, you got to feel your feels, but um, you should also get out of the house and see people and do your chores and go to work and go to, you know, a live music venue in your area that is following COVID safety protocols. Um, you know what I mean? Just like keep busy after you've had your, whatever it is, few days, few weeks on the couch, wallowing, feeling sad, get back out there. Um, there's a chance, there's a lot of things in your life that you kind of had to put on pause or postpone until after the wedding, especially if your last few weeks of wedding planning were sort of getting really hectic. Maybe you put off like going to that spin class you love or taking care of your garden or, you know, whatever it is. So jump back into that stuff and, and stay busy. Keep your schedule pretty full or a little more full than usual. So you do have, you know, a lot going on in your life. For us, <laughs> we didn't think this was going to happen, but we ended up moving uh, shortly after our wedding. And it really was like 
there honestly wasn't even time to be sad. We went from the wedding, we had about a week, then we left for the honeymoon, which was three weeks. And then we had less than a week after that until we were moving into our new home. So it was a lot of packing and selling things and buying things and hiring a van and all the fun, super fun logistics that come with moving into a new space. Um, so it definitely kept us very busy and almost like no time for <laughs> post-wedding blues when we had so much going on. Tip number four I have is to have something else to look forward to. So I alluded to this one already, and I've actually spoken about it on quite a few other podcast episodes, but a really great way to sort of cheer yourself up in the post-wedding time is to have something else to look forward to. So the obvious one is a honeymoon. If you have a honeymoon or a mini moon or some sort of travel or something like that, that you and your partner are going on, your new spouse, that is something to look forward to. Um, I shared in my honeymoon episode, which I think was just a few episodes ago, um, that my partner and I, we went to the east coast of Canada and we did sort of a road trip around there for three weeks, just eating really great seafood and seeing all the fall foliage. It was amazing. And it was so nice to plan that. I'm a big traveler, so I actually probably spent more time planning the honeymoon than I did planning the wedding. Um, and I, we definitely paid more for the honeymoon than we did for the wedding. Um, for us, that's, you know, those are our priorities. I much rather invest in a three week trip than a six hour wedding. Um, that's just me, might not be you, but that's definitely something that you could do um, to have to look forward to, whether it's coming up, you know, right after the wedding, a little, little while after, a year or two after, whatever it is, there's always something you could do um, to get excited about that, you know, looking up Instagram photos from the destination, doing some itinerary planning, chatting with other people in travel groups to get their, you know, opinions or recommendations, things like that. Lots of stuff you can do. Um, and if you can't, you know, afford to go on a big honeymoon or that's not really in the cards, even if it's just, you know, a little mini moon, you're staying at a local hotel, or you're doing like a long weekend away. Um, or even if, you know, if it's something small, you're going camping, um, you're having just like a really amazing date night, uh, whatever it is, just a small little thing that you can look forward to, something you're excited about, something you can put some energy into. I think a lot of people after wedding planning go like, oh my gosh, what do I do with all this time and energy and effort that I was putting into wedding planning? I was, you know, wedding planning a few hours a day. What do I do with all this? Um, maybe there are some old like passions or hobbies you want to get back into. Maybe you, you uh, used to be a dancer and you want to get back into it and find like a local salsa dance class or something like that. Um, woodworking, cooking, baking, whatever it is, right? Find something that you're excited about, uh, whether it's an event like a honeymoon or if it's a hobby or a class or a, a new book, whatever it is, just something for you to look forward to and be excited about, I think is a really great way to ward those post-wedding blues. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
The fifth way to combat the post-wedding blues is to just sort of revel in your wedding day. So there are so many little ways to sort of relive your wedding day and just like enjoy the warm blanket of love that comes off of your wedding. So one thing you can do is read through all the cards that you got or read through your guest book or if you had like an online guest book or something like that where people could leave you little messages. It's so nice. And this is actually something my husband and I did the night of our wedding. We went back to our hotel room. Um, I changed into pajamas right quick. <laughs> Gotta get out of that dress. And I sat in bed cross-legged eating uh, leftover food from our reception with my bare hands while my husband you know, bleary eyed, <laughs> read through all of our cards and read them out loud to me so I could hear all the lovely things our guests said. It was just so nice. And it's such like a little blanket of warmth. And I actually just uh, put together a scrapbook of all of our wedding um, mementos, which is another way to revel in your wedding day and relive it. And I put all of the cards that we received into that scrapbook. And again, it was so nice to see all the nice things that people said about us. So yeah, speaking of a scrapbook, if you are a scrapbooker, or even if you're not, you just kind of want to save all this stuff, you could put it in like a little box, but you can collect things, you know, like the napkins, um, the, if you're doing favors, maybe the favors, your invitations, your save the dates, um, things like that, little things that you could put into a box along with all the cards, your vows, maybe uh, the, the clip you had in your hair, a bow tie, whatever it is, putting it all in a box or a scrapbook is like a really nice way to have those memories, something you can look at every year on your anniversary. And actually putting that together is a nice way to sort of relive your wedding day and uh, combat those post-wedding blues. You can, of course, look at your photos and watch your wedding video. I think this would actually be really fun to like make a whole date night out of it, um, which my partner and I kind of did like impromptu, impromptly, <laughs> impromptuly. <laughs> it was a very impromptu decision. We received the email from our photographer with our preview photos um, and he started to look at them on his phone and I said, no, 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 like, let's look at them together. Let's like, you know, make it a thing. So we put it up on the TV. We uh, popped open a bottle of champagne, actually the one that the hotel had given us for our wedding. We, we just hadn't had a chance to drink it yet. And we, you know, drank our champagne and looked at all our photos and it was so fun. So I definitely recommend doing something like that when you do get your photos and your videos back. Um, you can eat the same food from your wedding or, or, you know, drink the same drinks. Maybe it's a local caterer and they have like a restaurant or maybe it's like your favorite wine or a really cool mixed drink. You can sort of relive the wedding night. You know, you order takeout from that place. You make the drinks at home. Um, you can make a whole thing of it, right? Like you and your partner could get together and make a bunch of fancy drinks and just sort of, you know, feel <laughs> feel like you're back in that wedding space. Um, you can reread your vows. Actually, want to do is sort of like an artistic project is get uh, the vows, both of our vows, the ones I wrote for my husband, and the one he wrote for me, and probably find someone on Etsy who can make it into like a really beautiful print that we can like put up in our house. I think that would be so nice to have those vows up on the wall, kind of reminding us about, you know, that day and everything we promised to each other and the love. And they just, I like the idea of, you know, it's a mundane, boring day. I'm just vacuuming, or maybe I'm kind of ticked off at my husband for this morning. It was leaving a piece of chicken on the kitchen counter, question mark. <laughs> no idea how he managed to do that. Um, but you know, things like that, little annoyances and just passing this thing on the wall and catching a quick glimpse of like one of the things I said to him and being like, oh, right. Like I, oh, I love this guy so, so much. And I, you know, here are all the wonderful, amazing things I promised him and all the wonderful, amazing things things he said about me and how that would just sort of quickly, you know, pull you back and be like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good guy I got or a good girl or a good person I have over there. Um, so I think that's a really nice way to sort of relive your wedding day, rereading those vows, putting them up on the wall somewhere, um, I think is a good way to help combat the post-wedding blues.
Tip number six is to plan some post-wedding parties or celebrations. So one thing we did was in the few days after our wedding, we gave ourselves a bunch of like social outings to go on, which is not something we usually do, but we really wanted to connect with some more of our wedding guests, especially the ones who were coming in from out of town. We wanted to spend some more time with them. So we had lunch with our parents the morning after our wedding, which I actually uh, kind of wish we had done like a dinner or something instead. It was, <laughs> it was a stretch to make it to lunch in time. Um, with having to like pack up from the hotel and go back to our venue and get all our stuff. It was just, it was a lot of work. We were very tired, but very glad that we made time to have lunch with our parents. We saw um, a girlfriend of mine and her husband for like happy hour. We went for oysters. We saw my godparents for a few dinners over the week. So connecting with your out of town guests and even your local guests, like just actually making plans to see people and, you know, go out to dinner or some other activity is really nice, especially when it's right after the wedding, because people, you know, people are excited for you. They want to still talk about the wedding. And let's be honest, a lot of the post-wedding blues is just the fact that you can't talk about the wedding anymore. So being able to still talk about it is really fun. Um, if you, you know, want to have people over to your house, maybe it's something exciting. You can host like a little dinner party or drinks or whatever. And it's cool to do that as like a married couple, especially if you are moving into a new space or moving in together or whatever it is. Um, that's a really fun post wedding thing to do. Uh, you could host a party or like, you know, go out dancing or whatever. Obviously you can tell I'm not a person who does this, but <laughs> if you know your favorite part of your wedding was the fact that you were on the dance floor and it was packed, um, you could totally, you know, go out and do that. You could go out with a group of your friends um, in a very COVID safe way, <laughs> go see some live music, go dancing, whatever it is, uh, go to a dance class, just finding those parts of your wedding that you loved the most. And how can you recreate those in, in some sort of post-wedding celebrations? Number seven, the seventh way to combat the post-wedding blues is to get involved in a wedding community. So for some people, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be a really nice way to get over your own post-wedding blues because you get to still talk about weddings. You get to still be involved in weddings. You get to contribute to other people's weddings. And for other people, this is going to make you even more sad. <laughs> you're going to be, you know, kind of upset that you're still being reminded of weddings all the time. And, you know, you're going to start seeing things and being like, oh, I wish I had done that for my wedding. Or, oh, man, why did I do that thing at my wedding? I really regret it. Like, this person's so right. So you kind of have to know who you are. Um, you can always dip your toe in. And if you hate it, if it's just making you feel worse, then get out of there, unfollow all of the accounts, stop posting about it, stop looking at the hashtags. Um, but if it is for you, there are lots of wedding communities out there. Um, I've talked a ton before about the Facebook groups. There's usually like local Facebook groups for different regions. And, you know, just look up like your city name weddings on Facebook and you'll probably find a few groups. There's definitely a very active, uh, you know, wedding Instagram community, wedding TikTok community. You could, of course, start a wedding planning podcast like someone I know. <laughs> um, and it's just a really great space for you to jump in and share your experience and your recommendations. So I I'm in a few Facebook groups for weddings. Um, I'm in a few of those for actually for one of my jobs. Uh, they have me in a few of those sites, just monitoring reviews and that sort of thing. Um, but then, of course, I joined a few just personally for my own wedding. And at this point, I've actually unfollowed most of them. It was just a bit much for me to be seeing all of that wedding content. I was kind of the person who like, OK, when the wedding's over, 
burn the spreadsheets, you know, we're done. And I think a lot of that is because I was so busy with our move and I did have the honeymoon to look forward to. So I wasn't as sort of, you know, stuck in the wedding planning world. However, I do still have this podcast going. So I'm clearly still a little stuck in the, in the wedding planning world. And I think that's totally fine. And I know from being in those Facebook groups, there was such a desire to hear from people who are already married. There were so many people asking questions of like, oh, like, what do I do about this? And like, what would your recommendation be? And what do you regret from your wedding? And what do you wish you had known? And what should you have packed? And blah, blah, blah. And when someone can pop in there and go, hey, just got married two weeks ago. Here's what I think. That's like the most valuable answer. So if you are looking for a place to share your experience, to share some recommendations, especially if you have any like vendors that worked out really well, or if you have any like hot tips, like the most popular posts in these Facebook groups are when people are like, here are 10 things I learned from my wedding. People love those. Those are super, super helpful. Um, and it's kind of nice, right? Like you get your fix of a wedding talk, but you also get to pass on all your advice and your experience and your recommendations to other couples who are still planning. So I think that's a really great way to, you know, not be feeling those post-wedding blues is to actually still be able to talk about weddings and help someone else out. If you want to take this to the next level, uh, you might find, you may find, but <laughs> you may find that you actually want to start a hobby or even a career in the wedding industry. So maybe, you know, you loved your wedding planning so, so much, and it's convinced you that you actually want to become a wedding planner. If you uh, ever listen to interviews with wedding planners on, you know, other podcasts, a lot of them got into it because they, you know, loved planning their own wedding or their friend's wedding or their sister's wedding. And it sort of convinced them like, hey, I love this. I want to plan weddings and they get into it. Um, or maybe you, you know, had a really great time putting together the, uh, dried flower arrangements. So you're going to open up your own Etsy shop to, to create flower, uh, arrangements for people to buy. Um, there are so many different aspects to the wedding industry, you know, food, drink, music, attire, decor, planning, lights. There's, there's so many different things. So if you found something in your wedding planning that you're like, Hey, I love this. I'm so passionate about this. Maybe it becomes a hobby for you. Um, you know, maybe you become like a mixologist. You get really into making new drinks. If that was your favorite part of the wedding, maybe it becomes something you just want to learn more about. You know, you take some classes, you get educated, or maybe it even becomes, you know, a little side hustle or a, or a full blown career. Who knows? That's definitely a way to stay involved in the wedding industry and really never, never leave weddings behind. <laughs> My final eighth tip strategy way to combat the post-wedding blues is to spend more time planning your marriage than your wedding. This is something I have definitely talked about on past episodes. And I think it's almost like the ethos of this whole podcast is, you know, obviously this podcast is for un unconventional couples, uh, generally, you know, budget couples who aren't as obsessed with the wedding planning world and wanting everything to be from the pages of a bridal magazine. Um, but I think at the, at the essence of this podcast is just this strong, strong belief that like your marriage and whatever works for you two as a couple is the way forward. And that should trump any, anything the wedding industry is telling you. So if you consciously make the decision during your wedding planning to put more effort into your marriage, into your relationship, into your, um, life after wedding, <laughs> you know, the post wedding life, um, I think that's really, really going to help you combat the post-wedding blues because it won't feel like all of the good stuff is just over after your wedding day is over. You know, you're not holding your wedding day up on this pedestal saying like, oh my gosh, that's the best day of my life. Everything else is downhill from here. I'm just always going to look back on my wedding day as the best thing, but you're looking forward. You're looking forward to better days in your marriage, in your life ahead. 
um, whatever, whatever is to come. So I think having that mindset is really, really helpful in one, you know, helping to combat the post-wedding blues because you don't have your wedding day up on this huge pedestal, but it's also really helpful to keep you sort of on track when you're planning your wedding, keeping your priorities in order, keeping your budget in order. Um, I know for us, there was lots of things, especially in the last few weeks of the wedding where I was like, oh, like, should we just, you know, should we just splurge and buy this thing? Should we just put a little bit more time or energy into this or that for the wedding? And I really had to take a step back and be like, do I care about this thing? Does it matter to me? Is it a priority? Is it going to affect my marriage? Like, does this make my marriage better? Does this make my relationship better? Does this make my life post-wedding better? And nine times out of 10, the answer was no. <laughs> um, you know, it was just a little thing that sort of distracted me. And I'm not saying, obviously, you know, at some point you will have to do things that are only going to be good for your wedding. Like serving, you know, really delicious cake is probably not going to make your marriage better. But if that's important to you and you want that for your wedding day, amazing. So I'm not saying, you know, go totally threadbare, only do things on your wedding day that are going to make your marriage better. Um, but do keep that in the back of your mind. I think it's really a great way to sort of, yeah, keep yourself on track. Just keep yourself, you know, stuck to your priorities and to invest all of that time and energy and money into your marriage more than into your wedding. A nice way to do that is to just take those best feelings of your wedding into your marriage. So if you are feeling a little bit down, um, just sort of remembering those feelings on your wedding day, the feelings when you saw your spouse for the first time, when you read your vows, when you heard speeches, when you're on the dance floor, and bringing that into your marriage, right? Like, go give your spouse a big hug. Send them a cute text. <laughs> um, you know, send them a photo from your wedding day. Just, oh, I love you so much. I was just remembering what it felt like to see you walking down the aisle. Um, you know, you make, you make my heart flutter or something, whatever it is, right? Like, you know, just bringing those really lovey-dovey feelings into your marriage, I think is so, is so nice. Um, and, and spending time, you know, planning things like date nights. Uh, maybe you want to do a weekly date night or bi-weekly date night, whatever it is, looking at, are there some projects you can start together? Maybe that was an amazing part of wedding planning for you was just being able to work with your spouse on something. Maybe there's something else you can work on, like, I don't know, building a house or starting a business or... I don't know, writing a book together, whatever it is, uh, planning for your future. Can you, you know, sit down and chat about what your future is going to look like? Are you going to move cities? Are you going to start a family? Are you going to go on big trips? Are you going to change jobs? Whatever it is, but spending that time and energy and, and money really just in your marriage instead of just your wedding, I think is such an amazing way to fight off those post-wedding blues to sort of minimize them because you have this amazing, wonderful marriage to look forward to. So I hope that was helpful. I will quickly recap the eight ways to combat the post-wedding blues. The first one is to feel your feels, know that you're going to be sad, know that that's okay. Second one is to reach out to your partner and your support system, check in with your partner, how are they feeling, and ask for some support. Don't be afraid to chat with a professional if you need it. Number three was to stay busy. If you have a lot of stuff going on, it's harder to feel sad. <laughs> Number four is to have something else to look forward to, whether that be a honeymoon or just reconnecting with some of your old passions. It helps to have something exciting happening in your life. Number five is to revel in your wedding day. Relive the best parts of your wedding day. Look at your photos, read through your cards, and just feel those lovey-dovey feelings. Number six was to plan some post-wedding parties or celebrations, whether that is dinner out with friends or going to a club or something like that. 
Number seven was to get involved in a wedding community, whether that is, you know, helping out on a Facebook group by sharing your advice and recommendations, or even starting your own uh, hobby or career in the wedding industry. And last but not least, number eight was to spend more time planning your marriage than your wedding. So again, I hope that was helpful. I hope you liked this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next Wednesday for another new episode. And in the meantime, happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.